Hello, dear audience. This is Alex Romanovich with Global Edge Talk. And today we have a wonderful guest, Darina Privalko. Shalom. Shalom. Hi. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Darina. Uh, she is a phenomenal guest, phenomenal persona. She, um, she is a cancer survivor. She's a single mom. She's an entrepreneur. She worked with Mr. Soros, doing some amazing, amazing stuff in the nonprofit world. She's now doing a lot with crowdfunding. She's going to talk a little bit about black swans in her career um, and a few edgy facts and edgy things about her as well. As you know, we're always looking for some really interesting guests, edgy guests, people who are on the edge, who have the edge, and Darina happens to be one of them. Darina, welcome to our studio. Thanks, Alex, for having me. So... Uh, first, I guess it's um, customary to start with the corona conversation, coronavirus conversation, right? Oh, yeah. It's uh, May 20th, 2020, and um, Israel is coming out of the lockdown. Absolutely. We're slowly coming out of the lockdown in New York City and in New York State and the rest of the country. Of course, we're doing this in a very controversial way. Some states <laughs> want to do it before. Some states want to do it after. Now, some people are, are at ease in doing this. Some folks are still concerned, you know, all this stuff. So tell me, tell me about the Israeli experience with coronavirus. Okay, uh, like just first of all, like when you said that something happens right now in the States and you compare our experiences, like Israel and the United States, I just I'd say that I recalled one little story. So I apologize for jumping astray from the very beginning but like back in two, uh, back in 2000 I was an interpreter of the official delegation of Ukrainian Jewish community to Denmark and we were hosted then by creme de la creme of the Danish political and, and the public establishment and each meeting was like really insightful for me because our delegation didn't speak English and even less so Danes spoke Russian and Ukrainian so I had not just to convey what was said but what was implied and among of my wow moments then was a conversation with the Jewish uh, head of the Jewish community of Copenhagen or Kubinghauen, as they say, uh, when we discovered that our communities face the same challenges, which is like assimilation, intermarriages, and shrinking because of Aliyah, which is like immigration to Israel. But the reasons for these challenges are absolutely different. Like, um, you know, it's always dangerous to make any generalizations, but um, in those like late 90s, early 2K, Ukrainian Jews were still trying to assimilate or intermarry in you know, an attempt to hide their Jewish identity, like you know, our inheritance from the former Soviet Union. And uh, again, left for Israel seeking the better life. And quite opposite, the Danish Jews, they were assimilating intermarrying because everyone welcomed them and wanted to have a Jewish son or daughter-in-law. And they immigrated to Israel because they wanted to contribute and share and do something for this like small and awesome country. So just, it's not the actions per se that mean, but the wider context. And uh, back to your questions, right, any differences between like um, Israel and the United States, uh, similarities. So just like, again, funny thing, some say that Israeli, um, let's say measures and reaction to coronavirus is so efficient and so cool and it's been picked up by the entire country. But on one hand, at first, 
um, it was quite criticized here because at the inception, it was said just like Corona said Bibi's crown, Bibi's our prime minister, and just like on the eve of the Corona, he was facing indictment and imminent litigation. So we, at first we thought it was exaggerated. Then we were proud at how, oh yes, we're cool, we're just like, we know how to do the stuff. And But now, as we're going out of lockdown, our minister of health resigned. Why? Because he was so heavily criticized by fellow Israelis that just as if it was exaggerated and things. And again, um, lockdown uh, in Israel, uh, lockdown in Israel, it's controversial because we have Kenyans working, but no trains. Some kindergartens, but parents still afraid of sending kids. And as if though something is allowed to be open, people tend to close it up because people don't come. Like, it's just like, it's such an interesting, interesting, I'd say, mess <laughs> here. <laughs> because everyone takes responsibility for and he or herself. And, um, well... So in a way, in a way, you're a smaller mass than than uh, you're a, sm- a smaller mass similar to us, right? Uh, smaller, but you know, louder because two Jews, three opinions, <laughs> just in five synagogues. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Okay, uh, let's talk. Let's sort of jump around with your uh, background and your career. You have a very interesting career, a very interesting life path. Um, you speak multiple languages, right? You speak yep. um, Russian, Hebrew, English. What else? Okay, uh, Russian, Ukrainian, it's just like, you know, the advantage of be, being born in Ukraine. Is it by default, bilingual, at least Russian and Ukrainian, you have an English, yes. Um, Hebrew, I'd say I understand better than I speak, but they say when I speak, it, they understand me. So the main point is to get my idea across. And some German, I, again, understand better than speak. But understand, so just I can pretend not to be like German speaker. Great. So just be excellent. So actually, we have a couple of German guests coming on on um, on our program. Um, let's talk a little bit about your experience uh, working with Mr. Soros. Um, tell us more about what it was like to be in that organization. And and, and number one, uh, from what I understand, you were an interpreter. Where uh, yeah. you were, were translating some things and so forth, mm-hmm. but you've you've been in in um, direct contact with him, yeah. And um, um, just tell us about that that whole experience uh, in terms of um, philanthropy, in terms of raising funds for public good, um, and doing it globally. Okay, so just like first uh, with Mr. Soros, just like last time, I said uh, that just it's. Actions per se cannot be judged without the intentions behind them. And now I'd say that it's a little bit different, even further. Sometimes decisions that we make and steps, they prompt consequences. And this is just like you mentioned Black Swan, and I'm a big fan of uh, Nassim Taleb. So just the highly improbable occurrence that leads to unpredictable and irreversible impact on the world can be good and could be bad, better than if it's good. So just speaking specifically of Mr. Soros, I met him when I was a student at the International Stalin University. It was the first Jewish university in Ukraine. And some of the best programs in our curriculum then uh, were launched thanks to Renaissance Foundation uh, or 
simply Soros Fund, as everyone called him, just Soros Fund, implying the Renaissance Foundation. So, and uh, my um, personal impressions from working with him is that just like, instead of like being around, instead of intimidation, like, like wow, he is the stars. Because just we, we knew who he was. Uh, just you feel appreciation for what you do and how you help him to connect to the audience. You know what I mean? So just like it was so, um, basically, all he wanted is just to communicate his vision. Specifically, just I'm talking about my realm, like of Ukrainian youth, students, how we can get over the toxic past of the Soviet era and reclaim our right to decide to lead the way and create our own future. Just to, and it wasn't just like uh, inspirational ideas, which is good by itself, but he supported with backed with money, with funds, with grants, with stipends, with teachers, tutors, experts, opportunities to travel, to see the world, to study abroad. Like, you know, all that, it was just, it came in a package. And, um, interesting was just like it's not to speak on his behalf in the third person but just like really you know like let the word go through me directly to the audience and when the audience responded i felt like i was his mouth and ears just like and basically i'd say i have like big experience of being an interpreter and the difference between a good interpreter and like excellent one let's say is just that you can dissolve in your speakers just your personality becomes absolutely invisible and just it's like like you know the, the window pane with like dust on it just you, can, you still can see through but you prefer to be clean and invisible so just uh, so i can be invisible and really enjoy the power so just you get rewarded for that but back from this self-praising myself um, I'd say the biggest takeaway from me, uh, in, from this com uh, cooperation was, it's just like, again, they say the crisis is a threat and opportunity, right? And, but the threat is something built in the crisis. So just, this is what we get by default. Like uh, something changes, we don't know what to do, how to do, it sounds dangerous. But opportunity usually has a name on it. Someone came and created this opportunity and some people know how to take care of themselves and take advantage of the momentum, which is great. It's very entrepreneurial. So just, you know, but the greatest ones, they create opportunities for many. And it's just like not to give a fish, but to give a fishing rod. So uh, I'd say that just like you mentioned about crowdfunding, and I'm really fascinated with exactly the things. Just you create opportunities. You push this ball and you see where it goes just like but you're not just throwing spaghetti against the wall you just meticulously plan and you have this domino effect of expanding good to yourself and others just so you don't forget about yourself but it's good to be in a wider surrounding of happy people who are like all connecting to help each other and themselves so it's something like this. And I guess this is my biggest experience, like back 30 years from my meeting with him. Great, great. Let's uh, jump uh, to a personal, to some personal stuff. So you're, um, you're doing a lot of amazing things. You're very entrepreneurial. You're involved with a number of businesses, non-for-profits. You're a single mom. All of a sudden you learn that you have cancer. Tell us about what this is like, what this experience is like, and 
how you overcame that because a lot of folks out there just get, you know, you, they get extremely um, depressed. Um, they get very, very um, stressed, obviously, about this. This is not something, this is a survival game, of course. And, um, you know, I, I can't even imagine. I lost, I lost a partner in business to cancer. And I remember those conversations. I remember, you know, uh, the, um, that experience. And it's, not, it's, not, it's, it's a horrible experience. So how do, you, how do you survive it? How do you fight it? How do you feel about it? What's going through your mind? Tell us more. Um, well, that was indeed tough. Uh, especially just, again, some context. Um, when I learned about it, um, it was 208. And then I had a like really successful and ambitious career just to see. I was the youngest vice president of fundraising of one of the largest uh, Jewish foundation in the post-Soviet area. So, and I then moved from Kiev to Moscow to get this position. And I worked like 24-7 indeed. Like even though Shabbat, I should have some rest, but I didn't. I was just, I kept grinning, uh, working, doing some like really interesting projects with European Parliament, with PASSE, which is like Parliament Assembly of uh, Council of Europe, with UN experts, like American organizations, like many, all to create sustainable life, Jewish life in Russia. Because just those days, we already understood that just like we really depend on foreign, let's say, the nations, and we need to have the power from within. So just, that was my job, my daily job, and I loved it. Uh, and uh, I really felt that I can bridge this gap with my expertise in fundraising to, to like to teach the local communities to take advantage of the opportunities and things. But remember, it was too late. Nothing rings the bell. It was the the year of financial crisis, and it, we felt it all the way. It was. It, it was two thousand eight, really, right? It was two thousand eight. Yes, it was. Yeah, I remember that year very well. Yeah, I guess everyone <laughs> plus minus remembers because everyone felt it. And uh, so just instead of my ambitious plans to come, like, you know, to save the day, like Bruce Willis, I really struggled even to maintain what was at the moment when I came. And uh, not all organizations under my ages coped with crisis. And some had to uh, suspend programming. Some had to lay off staff. And, uh, well, you know, just like now, just like today, very, very similar. Um, And the... I have to say that I now I know how to distance. It's just like one of takeaways from cancer, how to distance yourself from the situation and look from a side. But then I took everything very personally to my heart and I felt really ultimately responsible for everything that happened in the world and within my organizations. And uh, uh, I, I might say that just like I could somehow prompt this condition with the thoughts that it's all my fault, I should be punished. I do believe in it. But uh, ironically, when I finally was diagnosed and I was like, felt bad, I felt bad. I looked really not so well. I lost, I was quite, let's say, not uh, skinny. Let's say I was slim, but I became like very, it just was horrible to look at me and hair, everything. 
So just I, you know, I, I look, I, I saw some pictures on Facebook that you posted, by the way, of that from that know. time. You found one, I guess, uh, from 2008, and you posted it recently. Yeah, but just, uh, that was already when I was beyond that. I was, I, I, I looked better I already, more, more confident. But just like interesting that when I was diagnosed, I finally suddenly felt that okay, you know what? I'm done. I paid my dues. I'm not guilty any longer. I shouldn't be punished anymore. So to an extent, this diagnosis, when I heard it and realized it, it was just, okay, full stop, <laughs> enough. And it just like started my inner engine again. And so I it, was almost, it was almost like a release. So it was almost like you're almost yeah, I just, released I, I to felt, uh, Absolutely. Well, like, way, it was a really weird way out. So just I returned from Moscow to Kiev. And, you know, the hardest way was to see my mom, she looked at me like smiling and cheering, like we can do it. And I said, just like, of course we can. But I saw like, you know, real despair and fear in her eyes. And I felt like, indeed, mom, don't worry. Just like, why? It's okay. And it was, you know, all until I one day went in the shower and I washed my hair off. That was bad. Just imagine, like you stand in the shower and water all over you and you just like do like this and suddenly you just have your hair on your palms and it was expected i knew it gonna happen like i was ready but i was not ready at all and um, that was devastating and the worst was that i could not pretend to myself that like business as usual and it's okay because I, t- I like, mom, it's okay. It's okay. Just we we over that. And suddenly I realized it's all new reality. Like, and I need to find myself or, or I'll, indeed I'll die. Because it just like, was one, again, the crossroad. Um, and I had to find something that would give me the meaning. Like, why should I just go on? Because actually it was very sad. Um and uh, I just, you know, who who was my inspiration then? You would never guess. Who? Demosthenes. Do you know this guy? The public no. speaker? Demosthenes? Demosthen. Demosthenes. He was the Greek. He was stuttering from the uh, childhood. He was like very weak and clumsy. But oh, yes, he wanted yes, to be, yes. He wanted to be the public speaker in order. And once he just shaved half of his head, to sit in, to be locked inside the room. So he was the first who made selfless isolation, I guess. <laughs> so just to study, to master these public speaking skills. And he became the beautiful orator. So just, and I felt that just like, oh, I have, to, he had just half of his head bald and I have the entire one. So I should do something twice as remarkable. And I just let myself just to sit and grieve and ask myself what would please me. And I said, just, I want to travel travel the world and I love Israel and I'm proud of my Jewish roots. So altogether I came out of my bold, you saw that bold pictures, my personal half a year of self-quarantine with a business of educational, immersive educational tours through Jewish sites of Ukraine. And I use my skills in fundraising to get some funding and I use my connections international in the Jewish world and all that network to get some first clients. And it's all just started little by little. But all my trips, they never had... The, the trip wasn't the core. It was something before, 
just to get into the project, then the trip as a climax, and then you go out with this experience that you want to extend and keep changing the world because tikkun olam, to change the world to the better, this is the one of the fundamental Jewish values and I do believe in it wholeheartedly. So just, and by the way, last last moment, I'm, I'm talking too much, but just uh, another crisis. Right, that's exactly what we do this podcast <laughs> for, by okay. the way. So, so, so just like my business was quite successful up until 2014 when something else happened to Ukraine and I don't know how many uh, listeners you have from all over the world, but I have my opinion about what happened with this intrusion from our neighbors, let's say, and um, Crimea and all that. So it all stopped for me, like, over over the day. I mean, just I had 2013 was the first year when I realized I cannot cope by myself and I had to hire guides. I had to train them. I had to just to create infrastructure to stop being like, you know, one-man show. And I had all those orders and almost all 2014, I was just paying back, sending money back to because of the canceled, 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 canceled. Again, like this Corona days, I've been already, I know this story. Maybe that's why I just take so lightly this crisis. I had them all before it's announced. So, but what happened, I expanded my geography. I stopped taking trips to Ukraine. So I was pushed out of the comfort zone to Belarus, to Moldova, to Baltics, to Eastern Europe. Because this is the know-how of approach, how to have this, you know, real conversations with real people, multicultural experiences. That's what makes the trips worthy of traveling across the world, rather than just shopping China stuff in the same malls. So, you um, see, and it, yeah. Yeah, no, I was going to say, you, you talk a lot about black swans. Let's talk a little bit about this, right, in, in your career and in general. So, what are the black swans in your career? I'd say the biggest feature for me of the black swans is not even that they are sudden and it's not that they have consequences, but that just you don't realize that's the black swan until it happens and you turn back. Like, you know, Steve Jobs said, like connecting the dots to understand why it all happened. So just like, um, like I, I'm a yes man. Yeah, no, I should say I'm a yes woman. <laughs> I was going to say, was, you're a yes woman, uh, yeah, you're not a yes yeah, man. Right? Yeah, it was just, you know, in terms of like, I first say yes, and then I figure out how to, what we're going to do with this. So just like my eight years in tourism, having like, just again, I was quite a one woman show. See, I'm getting, I'm fast learner. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so yeah. And just like, I had all like a lot of skills that basically could be the profession of itself. Like, like I know how to build websites, create digital graphics, uh, copywriting, social promo, like all the things that you ca- you cannot afford to hire someone. But sometimes at the end of the day, it's better to do it yourself because you know exactly what you want. So uh, just basically, and interestingly, I just sometimes black swans, I do something little, which I think really minor, like, for instance, I had that side project of a uh, survey on the trends in the development of Jewish community of Ukraine, which was published by very respectable London publishing, um, in Jewish Institute of Political um, Affairs. And then this just was just an episode, but it was exactly what opened for me uh, the doors from Jewish self-employed nonprofit world to... Uh, just to 
pave my way from the purely Jewish street to the business and the strategic analysis, what I'm doing right now. So just it was because this was the only connection to, let's say, real world outside of our bubble. So because I proved that I can do also serious researchers that are published. So Black Swans is just, and suddenly you have this whole way that takes you somewhere else that we would never just, it's something when you're not locked and you don't put a tag on yourself. I am such and such. And that's what I am. No, I don't know. I still don't know. I just, I talk to you. I don't know what's going to happen after this podcast. And I have all the uh, confidence that just like all the dots will be connected in the future. And you are a really major one. <laughs> I just well, don't I don't know, know if I'm a major dot, but I'm certainly going to help you get connected with uh, through this podcast and through your stories, which are amazing, by the way, <laughs> uh, to get more expand, uh, to get more exposure. Right. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about your favorite things. What is your favorite quote? My favorite quote is, uh, by the way, they also changed during the time because just I, I have normally three stages. Once, just you know, when you fine tune, when you have the new TV and you just set the channels. At first, it's all like muzzy and you don't see anything, and suddenly something pops up and you just listen and you either stop and save it and fine tune or you just move on. So just when I'm in this move on thing, I just say, just like my favorite is by Churchill. Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It's the courage to continue that counts. So just like move on, don't stop. It's okay. And then uh, just when I'm already, I see the point, it's a general patterns one. Lead me, follow me, or get out of my way. So just when I know where to go. But now, just I, since I, I told you that just I got this crowdfunding thing, which just really occupies all my thoughts and just everything. It just I slip through the crowdfunding mode all the time. So it just, and I, I guess it's a very good one by Abe Lincoln, that the best way to predict the future is to create it. So just that's a, not, that's a wonderful quote, by the way. I love it. I will love it. Uh, yeah, I love it. Um, and so that's, a bit, especially in times of high uncertainty, to take on yourself opportunity to um, do things you really want because black swans, you don't know until you try. Just keep going and create the future you like. So that, that was kind of a good good um, segue into my next question, which is, you know, you've done a lot of things in life. You are a cancer survivor, single mom. Um, I didn't say anything about my son. He's 18 already. It's well, just let's, like, let's talk a little bit about that. <laughs> but um, what is the inspirational advice that you want to give to the entrepreneurs worldwide, especially women, who are, um, you know, who want to achieve something, who want to, um, you know, post-COVID, post-coronavirus, want to travel, want to explore, uh, and want to build something that's, that's, that they're passionate about, that they believe in, what is that advice? Um, you know, Bumblebee. You know Bumblebee? There's like B, which is Bumble. <laughs> so it sure, shouldn't fly. It should, yes, it shouldn't fly. It should like, like by physics, like he or she, she, let's say she, she shouldn't fly because she's heavy and fat and the wings are so, so tiny. 
but she doesn't know about that she that we think she shouldn't fly. She doesn't know about that. She just needs to get from this flower to that flower, and she flies. So my biggest advice is just if you need to get from this flower to that flower, just fly. It just like, and then you will see because just like I, my favorite. Uh, thing is just like it's magnifying less. Like just you zoom out, zoom in, zoom out, zoom in. You zoom out to see the bigger picture, to understand that all the limitations, they only if you see them, but when you zoom out, so they become tiny. But you see all the things that are so awesome and they might be really help you. It's not my idea, but I just, I use it all the time. And then when you're ready, zoomed out and you understand that the flowers are not that far, so you just zoom in and go. It's, uh, it sounds like very banal, but this is how it works. I mean, you just take off your chair and start moving. <laughs> so, Rita, that's... I love this analogy. So be the bumblebee and zoom out quite often just to see the bigger picture, right? Yeah, that's, well, it helps. I, I, I love it. Thank you so much for being with us. I'd love to invite you to visit with us in the future. You're a very, very interesting individual. Um, by the way, uh, our audience, we're going to post some links to the um, philanthropic organizations where Darina was involved in with Mr. Soros and others. We will um, also post your, um, your tourism, um, your tourism uh, business links as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you. Your travels, you know, maybe some pictures from your travels and so forth. I know you're a you're also I need, to rock, sort, I need to sort yeah. them out. Yeah. I, I noticed that you're a rock climber as well. Yeah, you, you do quite a bit yes. of uh, hiking and rock climbing. Yes. So uh, we would love to see those pictures too. And uh, it, it, it <laughs> you need to zoom in to see me because I zoomed out. Right, <laughs> to right, show exactly. The mountains. <laughs> it's wonderful. And so thank you so much for being with us. And I love the I love the story. I love the analogy of being a bumblebee. So thank you so much, and we'll be in touch very, very soon. Bye. Thank you, Alex.